The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Lovely Rita. Paul bangs a lady who resembles a military man. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun one. It's like it started as another Paul character study that got saved by draping funky, fun sound effects over it, like comb and paper, and inserting a naughty ending that totally simulates sex. There was plenty of lust, lust going around in December Love, and Paul, of all people, gave us a glimpse into that. Sure. But it's kind of weird to be writing like a lusty song about wanting to have sex with a cop. I don't know. Maybe that's just me here in 2023. But anyway, the songs, the, uh, the sound effects um, are pretty subversive. Uh, I could dig the harmonies on the song. This has the elements that it could be great, but it just doesn't quite get there. I, I mean, it's is it a cop, though? It's a traffic cop. Yeah... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Would you have liked it if it was called Lovely A-Cab? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, I did hum this song like a few weeks ago when uh, I was like confused about my parking, like like putting in money for whatever meter it was. It's like, I really hope Lovely Rita doesn't come off and decide to ticket my car in the pouring rain because I was an hour off. It'd be funny if... Any traffic cop named Rita. And they must constantly hear, Hey, you know the song? Hey, you're pretty lovely. Oh, lovely Rita, Paul McCarty's affectionate tale of a female traffic warden, was originally written as an anti-authority satire. But again, he can't co- pull that off. Which he understood in this case. Yeah. As McCarty later explained, I was thinking it should be a hate song, but then I thought it would be better to love her. Aww. Paul said nobody liked parking attendants or meter maids, as they were known in that benighted era. So to write a song about being in love with a meter maid, someone nobody else liked, was amusing in itself. There was one particular meter maid in Portland Place on whom I based Rita. She was slightly military-looking. I know it's a terrible thing to say, but those meter maids were never good-looking. You never heard anybody say, God, that's one stunning parking attendant. In any case, I caught a glimpse of Rita opposite the Chinese embassy in Portland Place. She was filling in a ticket in her little white book. The cap, the bag across her shoulder, its sheer observation, like painting and plein air. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The secret to successful songwriting is the ability to paint a picture. And if you're judging it by that, he's absolutely right. Like, it is successful. And also, I do want to note that Portland Place was only a few blocks from the Asher home. That's why he was around there. Presumably over there. Traffic wardens were a relatively new feature of British life in 1967. In America, they were colloquially known as meter maids, a term which caught the imagination of McCarty via a newspaper story. So this is where... Gets confusing because he, he just said how that he spotted yeah the the meter raid, but then he said an anthology. 
There was a story in the paper about lovely Rita, the meter maid. She'd just retired as a traffic warden. The phrase meter maid was so American that it appealed. And to me, a maid was always a little sexy thing. Meter maid, hey, come and check my meter, baby. I saw a bit of that, and then I saw that she looked like a military man. You know, he also later thought the major was a, a lady suffragette. Jet! Who? Don't need a car if you have a jet. Sometime later, a traffic warden called Meta Davies claimed she had given McCarty a parking ticket at St. John's Wood, London. And she has this whole story where Paul, Paul and her have a whole interaction. Um, McCarty wrote the words for Lovely Rita in the, in the W-I-R-R-A-L near Liverpool while walking near his brother Michael's house in Gayton. And Paul, in this version, says, I remember one night just going for a walk and working on the words as I walked. It wasn't based on a real person. <laughs> but as often happened, it was claimed by a girl called Rita, who was a traffic warden, who apparently did give me a ticket, so that made the newspapers. I think it was more a question of coincidence. Anyone called Rita, who gave me a ticket, would actually think, It's me! I didn't think, wow, that woman gave me a ticket, I'll write a song about her. Never happened like that. But you just said... So which is it? The most recent version was the first one I I brought up. The one from the lyrics book? That was from the the lyrics book. So I don't know... (laughs) Yeah, like, (sighs) do you go with the, the one closest chronologically to when he actually wrote the song... Or do you go by the lyrics book, which came out a few years ago, uh, because maybe he fought harder about the yeah. um, etymology? I think, you know, as we oft- as I often say, I feel like the truth is somewhere in between here. Like, he probably did, like, observe a meter made near Portland Place. Maybe his car was parked over there because, again, wasn't too far away from the Asher home and got a ticket. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Yes, of course yes, it, it does. does. It's a we're a Beatles podcast. God damn it! Yeah, I want to know how re- lovely Rita got into his head. <laughs> uh, the paper and combs can best be heard immediately before the line. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. The Beatles' assistant Mal Evans was sent to collect paper from Abbey Road's lavatory. Stamped with the words property of EMI, the paper was threaded into hair combs and blown, giving a kazoo-like effect. Jeff Embrick said, Lovely Rita was another track where the Beach Boys' influence really manifested itself. Paul made a point of telling George Martin that he wanted the backing vocal arrangement to emulate the way the California singing group might approach the song. There were lots of fun overdubs on that track, including the four band members standing around a single microphone humming through a comb and paper each priceless beetle comb carefully wrapped with a single layer of the standard issue extra scratchy EMI toilet paper that we were all constantly complaining about. <laughs> On that same very silly night, they overdubbed the heavy breathing at the end of the song with John looning about and sending the others and Richard and me up in the control room into fits of laughter. There were a few visitors to the studio that evening, including Davy Jones and the Monkees. Hey, hey. And the John... Hey, hey. And the Jostics were especially prominent, ensuring that a splendid time was guaranteed for all. Today in, t- in today's English-British lesson, 
or British English lesson, joss sticks does not mean joints, which is what I thought it was, but it means incense. I knew that. You did? Oh, nice. Yeah. Good for me. Good for you, yeah. George Martin recorded the song's piano solo on March 21st, 1967. It was taped with the tape machine running at 41 and a fourth cycles per second. It was mixed at 48 and three-fourths cycles. This made the solo much faster and higher pitched than it had been during the recording. As with the baggy vocals, the piano was plastered in tape echo and also verispeeded to give a honky-tonk effect. Jeff Emmerich said, We used to try out funny things at odd moments, and I discovered that by putting sticky tape over the capstan of a tape machine, you could wobble the tape on the echo machine, because we used to delay the feed into the echo chamber by tape. So I suggested we did this using a piano sound. The Beatles themselves couldn't think what should go into the song's middle eight, and they didn't really like my idea at first, but it turned out fine in the end because of the effect. It gave the piano a sort of honky-tonk feel. In fact, Paul asked me to play the solo when I made the suggestion, but I was too embarrassed. Oh, Jeff. Don't be embarrassed. McCartney first performed Lovely Rita in concert on May 4th, 2013, when he opened his Out There World Tour in Brazil. Fats Domino included the song on his 1968 album, Fats is Back. Richie Unterberger dismisses Domino's version as a none-too-frilling soul cover. In 1976, Roy Wood of ELO and Wizard, two Zs, recorded the song for All This in World War II, a film that set new recordings of 30 Leonard McCartney compositions to newsreel footage from World War II. Sounds That's, really fun. That Really fun. Yeah. Joan Osborne sings the song on a 2009 Cheap Trick release, Sgt. Pepper Live. The Easy Star All-Stars recorded a version with guest vocalist Bunny Ruggs at Uri for the 2009 Sgt. Pepper tribute album, Easy Star's Lonely Hearts Dub Band. Love Count is zero unless you count Lovely. Which we don't. Which we don't. Nice try. Josie Scale, I actually... I went back and forth on this one. Uh, because it is fun and sounds great, but I'm with you with, it's, uh, it, you know, <laughs> it does bother me a little bit that we're talking about a cop. And so I, I gave it a Josie because I'll, mainly because I said before in this podcast, if you have to think about it, it's probably not as good as your love. So. A reluctant Josie. A reluctant Josie. This is a non-reluctant Josie for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I think there's parts of this song that are great, and you know, I think the, you know, the stuff that they were doing with the very speed and you know, mixing it at different cycles, like that stuff's cool. And they did a lot of cool stuff, like studio trickery in this album. But yeah, it's just not a song I go back to at all. Uh, so a Josie. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.